And God is good. Amen. This started off as one message, then it went into two, and that was fine. But then, do you know the way, if you're on a roller coaster, anybody ever been on a roller coaster and you're going up and up and up? So I feel like that's the way we were the first week. We were going up and up and up and up. Then next, last week, we kind of came down a bit and we went up another bit. Yeah. But this week, you need to hold on to your hats. You need to belt yourself in, guys. Amen. If you have a hat, I remember we went on a, a ride, in, they tricked me into a ride in Euro Disney where... <laughs> It's uh, in the dark, I don't know what you call it, and you're in a kind of a tunnel thing and it goes up and around and in and out, but you can't see a thing. And I had never been on a roller coaster in my life. Huh? Thunder, no, not Thunder Mountain, that other spacey one. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> anyway, they tricked me. Uh, Enda and Emma went first, and then Rebecca was too small at the time, so I stayed with her. That was my excuse. She's too small, so I had to stay with her. Then Emma comes out, Mom, we have to go again, we have to go again, we have to go again. You love it, you love it, you love it. But she failed to tell me that we were going to be in the black dark when this all happened. Okay, so we're moving up and she's beside me. What was she? About eight or nine at the time. And my precious little girl, and we were going up and up and up and up and she was arms up and she was going socks for And her little hat, she had a little peak hat and the hat used to keep popping up and down on her head. <laughs> and that's all I could see and I was like, oh. and then she goes, hold on, mom. And we went down and then we went into the dark and I couldn't see a thing and we went this way and that way. We went upside down and upside down. I was. I was a wreck, I was a wreck. And all I could think about was she was there beside me and I couldn't see her, I couldn't see anything. I didn't know if she was okay, if she was still strapped in. I didn't know anything, but praise the Lord. Don't ever let your children trick you into a roller coaster, <laughs> praise God. But you know what? You need to strap on this morning. You need to hold on to those hats, amen, because we are going up and then we're going to come down, amen. Mark chapter five, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Okay, so do you remember? Jesus had arrived. Jairus comes up to him, his daughter is 12. Everybody say 12, that's significant today. Everybody say 12, 12. His daughter is 12 years old, she's at home, she's very, very sick, she's at the point of dying. He, he asks Jesus to come, and Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. Now we said, remember Jairus, he's well known in the area, the Bible gives us his name, so he's obviously held in high esteem in the area at the time. And then Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, and this woman comes up behind him and she touches. And we talked about how we can brush or we can touch. We talked about how brushing is just a light and fleeting thing. We can brush off somebody in a supermarket. We can brush off somebody in a crowd, not even know we did it. They might not even know we did it. But then we talked about touch, and touch is more definite. Touch is more deliberate. When you touch something, you touch something. Yeah. Amen. And this woman, she came up behind Jesus in the crowd. We talked about the crowd that was around Jesus, suffocating him, thronging him, the Bible said. And this woman comes from behind and she touches Jesus. She touches his robe. We talked about how brushing against, brushing against God is like religion. Religion brushes against God. Amen. But relationship touches God. Amen. Relationship touches God. And she touched God. She was tired of religion. She wanted to touch God. She wanted to touch. She wanted to get healed. Amen. She had been sick for 12 years. This woman had been bleeding in some capacity for 12 years. Everybody say 12. Okay. 12. She was sick for 12 years. 12 years. And she comes up behind Jesus. She touches him and immediately, the Bible says, immediately, even after being sick for 12 years, Still, a touch of Jesus can heal immediately. Amen. You would think like that, you know, it would be a process, you know, because of all the damage that's done over that length of time. But no, with Jesus, it's immediate. Amen. She touches immediately. She's, she's healed. And then Jesus turns around. Do you remember we said Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? And the apostles are there. 
Jesus, you know, everybody's pushing you, everybody's touching you. Look around, the crowds are thronging around, everybody's touching you. But Jesus says, no, because we said, remember, Jesus knew. Your guys are all brushing around me, but somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And she comes in fear and trembling, and she babbles the whole story out, and she tells Jesus what's happened and that she's healed. And he says to her, that's what we've just read, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith has made you well. We talked about how that's actually in the way it's used in the Bible there. It's talking about salvation. So not only was she healed of her physical condition, but now her spiritual side has been healed as well. Amen. Her spiritual side has been healed because, remember, she's an Israelite. Remember we said she's not a Gentile. She's an Israelite, so she's under the law. And under the law at the time, you were considered unclean if you were in if you had the condition that she had you. Women were considered unclean in those days, so she shouldn't have been out in the crowd. She shouldn't have been around Jesus. She shouldn't have been anywhere near Jesus at all because she, in religious law at the time, was considered unclean. Did that bother Jesus? Uh-uh. No. She broke the law. Yes, she did. But Jesus is greater than the law. He was always meant to be greater than the law. Amen. Praise God. So she's healed physically. She's healed spiritually. Amen. She now has a family. We talked about how she was an outcast and had nobody. Now she has a daddy. Now she has a family. He calls her daughter. Daughter, your faith has made you well. But then verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So now... Jesus has been in our minds and in their minds delayed. He's on his way to heal this little girl. He's been delayed by this woman. This woman who, you know, she means nothing. She's not important. Number one, she's a woman. Number two, she doesn't have understanding in the community. The Bible doesn't give us her name, amen. But does that mean she's not important to God? No, absolutely not, amen. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead, why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Remember, we talked about how Jairus, last week we talked about Jairus. We talked about how the fact that all these thoughts probably came into his head. It's his little girl, guys, 12 years of age. She's a baby, 12 years of age, amen. And now she's dead. She was sick, Jesus was on his way, he had hope again, and now they've come and said, it's too late. What was he thinking about that woman? How dare Jesus? Why would Jesus heal somebody of of no importance? Look, I have standing in the community. I've served in the synagogue, I have means. Why would Jesus heal somebody with no means? But you remember we said when Jairus came to Jesus and when the woman came to Jesus, he didn't do a means test on each of them and see which of them, which of them were, um, what's the word, which of them deserved it or which of them were in need of it. No, no, no. Jesus heals everybody. Amen. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult of those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. She's not dead. She's just asleep. Whoa, Jesus. Jump down to verse 41. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately. There it is again. Immediately. She's dead. She's been sick for 12 years. Immediately she's healed. The little girl is dead. Immediately she's healed. Amen. Immediately. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. Amen. Praise God. God is good. Amen. God is good. They didn't just brush 
they touched. Amen, they touched. Praise God. We looked at this from the woman's side. We've looked at it from Jairus' side. I just want to ask you this morning, did you ever think about the disciples in this case? I was thinking about that during the week. We've looked at it from the woman's side. We've looked at it from Jairus' side. What about the disciples' side? Like they were there. They were there in the crowd because the Bible says they were. We definitely know Peter, James, and John were there because he brought them to the house with them. But the disciples went everywhere with him. Amen. So what did they think? I was wondering, did you ever think what were they thinking? Because in a way, they're kind of like us here, aren't they? They're looking on. They're seeing all this happen. What were they thinking? How amazed were they? Were they amazed? Like at this stage, when Jesus arrived here, he had just come from the Gadareans. So they've already just seen a demon-possessed man come into his right mind. Amen? Demon-possessed man come into his right mind. They've already seen that. Miracle after miracle. Amen? And then here Jesus knocks it out of the park again. Amen? Not only does he physically heal a woman, but he saves her as well and makes her whole, brings her into a whole new family, gives her a whole new life. Amen? She was sick for a long time, but that didn't matter. It was no problem. Amen? She was unclean. Jesus wasn't phased. They're watching all this. They're watching all this all the time. Amen. She broke the law. She broke the law and Jesus commends her faith. Amen. What were they thinking? It's like, were their heads not exploding? Could you not imagine if you were there, if you were one of the disciples that day? All you've seen in the Gadareans, now Jesus arrives, there's a crowd around again. You're thinking, wow, these people love Jesus. Then Jairus comes up and Jesus is on his way and then this woman comes along and, you know, all this time. And even though... He was delayed in our minds. Still, he went and he resurrected the little girl. So, like, it just kept getting better. Demon-possessed man, he arrives, he's on his way to heal a sick child. A woman encounters a woman, a woman here. She's sick, he heals her, he saves her. Little girl dies in the meantime, and he goes and he resurrects the little girl. Would that not blow your mind, do you not think, if you were on the sidelines? It would have to blow your mind, amen? These little simple, ordinary men, fishermen, tax collector, Matthew has just joined him now at this stage, witnessing the warmth and kindness of Jesus firsthand. Like their minds had to have been blown, amen? Casting out demons, healing, salvation. Men, women, rich, poor, doesn't matter, adults, child, amen? Doesn't matter, standing in the community, no standing in the community. They witnessed Jesus not being a respecter of persons, amen? They saw it all that day. So that's my question to you today. Where are you today? Where are you today? This is important today. I mean, are you awake today? Are you listening? Are you ready? Where are you today? There's three places I think that you could be today, right? And that we need to sort this out today. Because if you're in any of these three places, we need to sort this out today. And you're going to see why in a few minutes, okay? Do you want, do you identify most with the woman with the issue of blood? You've lived this way for a certain length of time, you know. You're just tired of it all. It's, it's getting you nowhere, really. It's all just the same, the same, the same every day. And, you know, you're thinking, I need to encounter someone greater than myself. I need to encounter somebody that's bigger than me and better than me. Somebody that can make me whole. Amen. Do you need today to enter into a relationship with this Jesus that I've just talked about? Is that where you are today? Amen? Billy Graham said that everybody has a God-shaped size hole in their heart that only he can fill. Amen? Has he filled that hole in your heart today? Or are you number two? Are you like, like that woman again, but, you know, just maybe not like that woman again, like the crowds just brushing off Jesus every day? 
you know, you're coming to church every day, you know, you know about God, but, or every Sunday, and you're, but you're just brushing against him. You're not really t- reaching out and touching and grabbing everything, taking hold of everything he has for you. Like she, she reached out. This woman reached out and touched him, and she touched his robe. Is your flesh talking to you all the time? The Bible says our flesh is what bumps up against God. You know, it bumps up against God. It's the part of us that does whatever it wants to do, however it wants to do it, whenever it wants to do it. You know, it never takes responsibility for anything. Is that where you are today? Paul says it so eloquently in Romans 7:15. I don't really understand myself. Have you ever been there? I do. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. And instead, I do what I hate. Have, we've all been there. Amen. Is that where you are today? Our flesh is the part of us that's contrary to God. Amen. The flesh is the part that entered the world through sin. And, you know, once, once we're in the flesh, we're just bumping all the time. We're just bumping off God, bumping off God. Because our flesh will not let us touch God. Because if we know, it knows if we touch God, well, then it can't do whatever it wants anymore. You know the way? It can't, it's held back. Amen. The, the only thing that touches God is faith. Amen. This woman heard about Jesus. That's not a small detail here, guys. She heard about Jesus. The Bible says, you know, faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. She heard about Jesus and she came. Amen. She was brushing. People were brushing into God for a long time. They were brushing into Jesus for a long time. But she came along and she touched. Amen. She touched. So how do you feel this morning? Do you feel, I can't touch God. I'm not in a place that I can touch God. Like we talked about her, she was considered unclean. Do you consider yourself unclean this morning? Is that what's holding you back from touching God? Don't let it hold you back. Amen. Look what happened with that woman. Are you physically sick this morning that you need healing? Don't just brush off God. Amen. Touch God. You know, your deepest, darkest secret, whatever it was, don't let it hold back. Don't let it hold you back from touching God. Amen. This woman had a problem for 12 years. She spent every cent that she had, and then she came to Jesus. Amen. And immediately she was healed. Okay. She said to herself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Amen. Praise God. Or are you the third one? Are you just like Jairus today? Are you like Jairus? You've asked God for something specific. You've asked him for something specific, something immediate maybe, something pressing, and You've met him at the shore, as it was, and you've asked him to do what you need him to do, but he hasn't done it. And along the way, you've watched him do it for other people. You've watched him do it for other people. You've seen other people have their prayer answered, and your prayer is still not answered. You know, have you, have you like, you know, sometimes we do this. You know, you think, you see, you're, you're believing and you're standing for something, and then you see somebody else receive what you need. And you're thinking, why did they get it? They're not as good living as I am. I come to church every Sunday. They don't be in church every Sunday. I've tied more than they have, and they still got it. I pour myself into everything. I serve. But look, they don't serve, and still they've got it. Amen. Praise God. Is that where you are this morning? There's a whole litany of things that we could do to try and figure out why, why our prayer is not answered. And we do not know. We do not know why God does what he does, or when he does. We don't know when, why he does it when he does it. Amen. God is God, amen. He's a sovereign God, amen. But I do know that Jesus' words will probably still ring true to you today, and they should. If you're standing for something, if you've asked God and you haven't seen the, the fruition of it yet, do not be afraid, only believe, amen. Only believe. Jesus' words still ring true. It may be the midnight hour, maybe last moment, it may be beyond what you think is acceptable for a length of time to be answered, but just know that do not be afraid. 
only believe. Amen. God, Jesus knew that day. Jesus knew that day. Look at what's going to happen to Jairus's head. He just knew. He knows our human nature. Amen. He, know, he knew what was going to happen to Jairus. He knew that Jairus was going to be thinking all sorts of things. And he said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Right? Because God still got this. Amen. He may have answered somebody else's prayer before he answers yours, but it's okay. He's still got your prayer. Amen. He's not a respecter of persons. Amen. He healed Jairus' daughter, the guy that was held in high esteem. He healed a woman of issue of blood, with issue of blood who we don't even know her name. Amen. He's not a respecter of persons. He's still got it. He can still do it today. Amen. So that's why I asked you these three questions because are you ready? Are you sure your belts are tight? Sure you got your hats? Definitely. <laughs> we need to sort it this morning. Amen. Because we need to get radical. Ireland needs us as Christians to get radical. Amen. Amen. You've only to look at the world at the minute and you've only to look at Ireland at the minute to see. You need to see. God or the world needs us to stand up. Amen. Needs us to stand up and be radical Christians. Not freaky Christians, radical Christians. Amen. Christians that know what they're about. Amen. Christians that know what they've received in the past, know how God has answered their prayers, know how they've encountered, know how they've touched and, and received what they wanted to receive. Amen. And you know what? I heard it said like that our human spirit is so strong. There, there have been cases in the past where pe cancer patients have been given three weeks to live. And when their human spirit kicks in, it's so strong that they're still alive today because they're just determined they are going to live, they're going to live, they're going to live. Amen. So what if you put your human spirit with the Holy Spirit? Wow. Human spirit with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Amen. Praise God. That, look what we can do. We need it. Listen to me. We've only to look at what happened in Ireland last weekend. Amen. To know that Ireland needs us to stand up. Amen. Ireland needs us to stand up. Amen. Because I just want to say, just before we finished, the 12 years, I, this kept going around in my head, the 12 years, 12 years, 12 years. She was 12 years old. She was 12 years sick. There's a correlation between those two. Amen. Jesus was heading to one. He was heading to the little girl. He was heading away from the other. Remember, she came up behind him and touched. Amen. And I want to do this right now because this is amazing. Are you ready? Are your belts tied? <laughs> Praise God. Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. And in our minds, he was interrupted. Okay? Now listen to me. The interruption wasn't really an interruption. It was actually an interweaving, okay? The woman and the girl were both dying, right? She was dying of her issue of blood. That She was going to die. You, you can't keep bleeding, right, and keep living. The little girl was going to die. Little girl's 12 years old. She's 12 years sick. So the year that this little girl was born is the year this woman got sick. Okay. 12 years. She's been sick 12 years now. The little girl's had this sickness brewing in her for 12 years. Okay? There's correlation, guys. Nothing in this Bible is coincidence. Amen? There's nothing in this Bible. For as the affliction grew, in the little, as the woman grew in her affliction, if I say it right, the little girl grew in her condition. 12 years. 12 years old, 12 years sick. Okay? Now look at it. This is so significant to what's going on in Ireland today, I really believe. When I got this, I was like, I wanted to hold on to something. I was like weak-legged. One was the coming generation, and the other was the mature generation. Do you get that? One is the coming generation, the child, 
the woman was the mature generation. Amen. The mature generation was hemorrhaging. The mature generation was losing blood. The mature generation was dying. Amen. The mature generation was losing strength. Right? But as she presses towards him, as she presses towards him and Jesus touches her, she's made whole. Amen? She's made whole. Now, as she's been made whole, the little girl dies. Okay? So there's a connection. Amen? He gives life to this woman. He loses life over here. Okay? But he says, he says in the Bible, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? Not only can he heal the former but he can resurrect at this side so he can heal the mature generation us except for you youngsters down there us he can heal us amen and he can resurrect the younger generation okay now she touched jesus right and she was healed and hot like jesus was going Jesus was on his way to Jairus' daughter, remember? So as she touched him, she was healed. She was made whole. And in a way, when she reached out, her touch kind of went with Jesus to the little girl. And the little girl was resurrected. So my heart has just been aching about this all week. We need to stand up, mature generations. We're not old. We're just a little bit more mature, Amen. The young generation of Ireland who spoke very loudly last weekend, they do not want religion. They said that loud and clear, amen. They don't want brushing against God. They, Billy Graham, they still have that God-shaped hole, amen. They need God, but they don't want religion, and they think religion is God. So we need to stand up, amen. We need to stand up, and we need to touch we need to receive whatever healing it is that we need to receive. We need to receive back whatever vision we need to receive back. We need to receive a stop on our hemorrhaging. Amen. We need to, see, we need to, to receive the strength. Amen. To stand up and take that touch to this generation. They need it, guys. They need it. Amen. Praise God. God is good. We need to stand up to the plate. That generation needs us to stand up to the plate. I don't know if you guys are with me or not this morning, but I know for one, I will not let Ireland go down the drain. No way. Amen? I know Enda will not let Ireland go down the drain. But you know what? We can't do it without you guys. A live church needs to get behind not letting Ireland go down the drain. Amen. The devil made a big mistake last weekend. He's been coming in, you know, he's been sneaking in there gradually, gradually, gradually. Amen. But for me, last weekend was the final. I was distraught. I was distraught. I thought, no way. He is not taking our beloved Ireland from us. And you know what? He will do it through the younger generation if he is allowed to do it. So the onus, I'm sorry to put this huge responsibility on your shoulders, but the onus is on us. Amen. The onus is on us. We're the mature believers. We know what God can do. We know what he's done for us. Amen. Ireland is not, it is never too late. The little girl was dead. But Jesus said, do not be afraid, only believe. And I believe he is saying that to us today. The more mature generation, do not be afraid, only believe. It may look like Ireland is a lost cause. It may look like the younger generation are lost. Stand up. 
Stand up. Any of you that are under 20, stand up. I want you to stand up now. Quick, 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 quick. Stand up. You look at all those kids and you tell me that this generation of kids are going to be lost. They will not be lost. Amen. They are in this church this morning. They are here this morning. And I do not care what you say or what any enemy says. That younger generation will not be lost. Amen. The younger generation of Ireland will not be lost. You can sit down now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No way, guys. No way. This younger generation will not be lost. Amen. No way. We will not let the devil have... I am gone off my notes altogether. I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. The younger generation needs us to step up to the plate. Amen. The power of God can resurrect them. Amen. One woman was touched. One little girl got touched. Amen. We need to bring that touch to God. We need to... Or to those people, we need to bring that touch of God to those youngsters. Amen. Those youngsters need to hear it. They stood up last week and said loud and clear, we don't want religion, we don't want anything to do with God. But they don't know that they need it. Amen. They need it. And we need to show them that they need it. Amen. We need to show them that they need it. Amen. And you know what? God is still touching. He's still touching our generation, guys. We have never gone past it. And he will still touch the younger generation. I know, I probably need to sit down. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You know, in the next chapter, if you read on, after the woman with the issue of blood, that's why I just talked to you about the disciples this morning. Jesus sent them out. Remember I talked about all they had seen? Jesus sent them out to do what he did, to heal the sick, amen, to resurrect, to cast out the demons, amen. The very next chapter, Jesus sent them out. He's sending you guys out this morning, amen. Praise God. And the thing that we need to remember is that the older generation brought Jesus to the younger generation. Yeah, amen. The younger generation was dead. And you know, at the moment in this country, it seems like that the younger generation is dead and as far from God as they can be. They don't want religion. They don't want the church. They don't want anything like that. But they need God. And it was the older generation that brought God to... And you know, and here's the other thing. When, when word came to, to Jairus and his wife that their child was dead, you know, Jesus, what did he say to him? Only believe. Fear not, he said, only believe. Because that's us today. We're the parents in this Jairus. That's us today. And to look at what's going on in our nation at the moment, we could be forgiven for going, wow, we've lost the next generation. You know, they're going everywhere, only to church. They're going away from God. Everything is permissible now. Stuff that we never even talked about 20 years ago. It's all permissible today. You know, all sorts of sin is okay today. You can be what you like today. And it's okay. And it, for us now, that's, that's where we feel now. After that result last week, we feel that, you know, we've just been told that, you know, your child is dead. This next generation is dead. But Jesus is saying to us, fear not, only believe. And you know, here's the other thing. Jesus didn't know where Jairus' house was. Do you know that? He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know. And he needed Jairus and his wife to bring him to where his child was. And we need to realize that we need to, we need to bring Jesus to the next generation. We can't just decide that 
they're a lost cause. Because if not, it dies here. They're not a lost cause. We need to lay hold of this generation. And we need to bring Jesus to them. Amen. Not religion. Not religion. People don't want religion. Yesterday while we were in Leeds, there was, there was this guy and he was spouting religion. The greatest trash I ever heard out of anyone in all my days. He was telling people on the street with his big loud speaker how much God was angry at him and how much God didn't like him and how much they needed to turn to God. I mean, if someone told me that someone hates you and doesn't like you, the last thing you're doing is turning to him. Hey man, you're going further away from him. We need to let this generation know that Jesus is the answer. The God-shaped hole that they have, the answer is Jesus. Amen? Oh, so what we need to do. Amen?